Hi, this is Mark. Thank you so much for joining me today on Words of Truth. My wife and I recently moved from a town of around, oh, 16,000 people to a large city of around 1.2 million people by the end of 2021. That's quite a change for us. Now, we've lived in large cities before, but the city we live in now is a very culturally diverse city. In one study I read, there are as many as 71 different people groups represented in our new city. And as you can imagine, that also brings with it a diversity of religious beliefs and systems. It's kind of an exciting place to live. And so I've been thinking a lot about diversity these days. In particular, I've been thinking a lot about how to be a follower of Jesus Christ, the one and only true God, the creator and sustainer of the universe, in the midst of such cultural and religious diversity, and yet still live in harmony and unity in this diverse city that I find myself living in. I mean, as followers of Christ, we're called to live as lights and salt in the world. And yet, we're not called to be abrasive and rude and ignorant to those who don't follow Christ. I think of what's happening in Afghanistan right now as the military troops are pulling out and the Taliban are moving back in, killing anyone who doesn't adhere to their political and religious bents. Uh, they call it a religion, but it's anything but religion, in my opinion, because true religion says we love those who persecute us and we do good to those who take advantage of us and we care for the needy, needy around us, especially the orphans and widows, and, well, we respect one another. That's anything but what's happening in Afghanistan as the Taliban slice and hack their way through the country and people are fleeing for their lives. We've all seen it on the news. And all that to say, as followers of Christ, we're to live in vast contrast. We're to live in harmony and unity in a world that's antagonistic toward Christ. Because our goal isn't to drive people away if they don't believe what we believe. Our goal isn't to persecute and torture and belittle those who don't follow Christ in the same way we do. But our ultimate goal is to win people to engage in the love of Christ by living a life like Christ lived. Oh, he was pretty hard on the religious crowd. Well, because they should have known better. In fact, in some cases, it was the religious crowd driving everyone away from following God because of their harsh rules. But Christ literally came to fulfill the law and to show the love of God by healing the sick, providing comfort for the grieving, by accepting people of all people groups, even if they weren't Jewish. And by doing so, it wasn't long before they began following him too, not out of force, but because they were drawn by his love. And then there's the diversity of religious groups, even in Christendom. Uh, we have a multiplicity of Protestant denominations in all of our cities and towns, not even including non-Protestant groups. But let's stick with the Protestant churches just for a minute. 
I'm talking about the ones who adhere to the same fundamentals of the faith, that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead, that he's the only way, truth, and life that will lead us to Christ apart from any works of our own, those kinds of churches, who practice different forms of baptism, who have different views about the gifts of the Spirit, who have different practices of worship, and yet we all adhere to the same fundamentals of the faith. How do we live in harmony with one another? Well, let me approach this subject by talking about who is the cornerstone of our faith. In the Apostle Paul's day, it was widely understood that the cornerstone was the most important stone in the structure. The cornerstone supplied a building integrity, continuity, and strength. In fact, cornerstone means at the tip of the angle. In other words, it's the place where two walls are joined at the right angle. And it's paramount that this first join or cornerstone is laid in just the right way because everything in the building is built from it. The cornerstone determines the regulation, the pattern and form, making sure that the walls meet and the lines are straight. If there's any compromise in the cornerstone, the whole building is compromised. Now we talk about God building his church this way, and it's true. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20 says that Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. And so everything about the church is determined by him, and he brings integrity and unity to the church. One thing that can cause disunity amidst our diversity is when we start to replace the cornerstone with other things like dogma, tradition, events, numbers, culture, and more. Disunity comes when we try to get the form and structure of our lives and faith from those things instead of from the cornerstone itself. You see, when we start using our own personal dogma and doctrine and preferences as the cornerstone, it automatically pushes other bricks in the building out of the way. And now you're no longer aligned with the cornerstone. And we all do it. It's, when the, it's within the nature of our humanity and culture to want to define and control. And it's not easy for us to give up complete control over to God, is it? And it isn't that Jesus is indifferent to what he builds with. But the reality is that he just looks at the church in a different way than we do. You see, he doesn't build brick upon brick, same size, same color, same make. But what connects all the bricks is him within us. Unity doesn't depend upon conformity. Erwin McManus says, just because you don't fit easily it doesn't mean you don't fit. <laughs> Did you catch that? Just because you don't fit easily, it doesn't mean you don't fit. Paul said it this way in Acts chapter 17. The true God is the creator of all things. He is the owner and Lord of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm, and he doesn't live in man-made temples 
with he supplies life and breath and all things to every living being. You see, Jesus gives the life breath to whatever we do and whatever we are. We all originate from the heart of God and we're held together by the one who is in all things and through all things. It's God who defines and unifies us and his ultimate building plan and design is resurrection, restoration, and redemption. Colossians chapter 1 verses 20 to 22 says, And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is restored, brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you are once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. In other words, Jesus always has to be our common ground amidst diversity among those of us who follow Christ, because we don't look all the same, do we? We don't talk the same or even believe the same when it comes to nuances and dogma and style and even methodology. But it's not in those things that we find common ground with one another. Jesus has always got to be our common ground. As followers of Christ, we have to get away from the thinking that to be welcome, you have to conform. You have to wear the right clothes, say and do all the right things. No, you belong because you belong. Because in Jesus, everyone belongs. We may be scattered throughout our communities, but we're gathered together by our faith. And we're the kingdom of God in the world. And we're not a kingdom that's built up, but one that's built through and in. We're diverse. We're colorful. We're magnificent, transcendent, and miraculous. And so I say that diversity shouldn't be a threat to our communities of faith. Because Jesus gives us a common union regardless of our race or color or language where we grow up or what we what we do for a job in fact it's this, this diversity that's a kind of a rich tapestry that are equal in value no matter what color the thread is there's a rich beauty and strength in diversity don't you find I've had the privilege of traveling to many countries outside of my own. And I've met people with rich cultures and different languages and unusual methodologies from my own and how they worship God. And in each of those encounters, I've learned something new about myself and about the God that I worship. In fact, it would be a crime for me to say that just because they don't worship God the same way I do in Canada, that they're not equal to me as a fellow follower of Christ. And I'm talking about those who have the same fundamentals that we hold, that Jesus is our cornerstone. 
But on the contrary, I've always considered it a privilege to learn from them and to grow with them. And I feel blessed to be able to sit down at the Lord's table with them and celebrate communion and unity because in Christ we are one body. You see, it's the bread of life, our cornerstone, Jesus Christ, who unites us. Listen to Paul's words from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 as translated by the Message Bible. That's plain enough, isn't it? You are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. In what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as a cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. You see, that's what God is doing in and through each of us who call Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. It's this unity in the midst of diversity that the world needs to see in us. And maybe if they saw more unity within the body of Christ, maybe, just maybe, the world would want that for themselves. And maybe they too would come to Christ to be their Lord and Savior. Well, it's something to think about. Thanks for listening today. I hope you'll tune in again next week and bring somebody along with you.